0: Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. The recent announcement of a long-term energy agreement between Turkey and Bulgaria, giving the latter access for 13 years to Turkish regasification terminals, came as a surprise to some and caused consternation in Athens. This comes as Greece is emerging as a key player in helping its northern neighbors in the Balkans, primarily Bulgaria, decouple from Russian gas through a number of projects. Dr. Theodoros Sakiris, an Associate Professor of Geopolitics and Energy Policy at the University of Nicosia, joins me to break down how energy has transformed Greece's relationship with Bulgaria, what additional steps Greece can take to help its Balkan neighbors break their dependence on Russian energy, and look at where this latest deal between Sofia and Ankara fits in. Dr. Sakiris, great to have you back on The Greek Current.
1: Great to be back. Thank you.
0: Dr. Zakiris, since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, European efforts to decouple from Russian gas have taken center stage. Greece is playing an important role here, particularly when it comes to the Balkans. I want to focus on Bulgaria. How is energy transforming the Greek-Bulgarian relationship?
1: Well, since the first strategic dialogue meeting between Bulgaria and Greece that happened in Alexandroupolis in early, I think it was February 2020, there's been a an overall strengthening and widening of the bilateral cooperation across several sectors of which energy is one of the most important ones because it acts as a catalyst for the strengthening of the bilateral cooperation on a strategic level. And we've seen that in practice in three major different ways within the energy context. The first one is, of course, the full commercial commissioning in October 2022 of the interconnector gas pipeline between Greece and Bulgaria, which guarantees that Bulgaria will get about a third of its gas consumption from Azerbaijan via the Trans-Adriatic Pipeline that also crosses Greece and meets up with IGB in Komotini in Western Thrace. The second one is the near completion, which I think will, will be inaugurated within the first quarter of 2023, of the second new interconnecting line for the, between the two electricity networks between Nea Santa and Maritsa which is currently being finished. And uh, the third one, of course, is the participation of uh, the natural gas sector in general, which includes, in this case, downstream investments on the part of Bulgaria. Since Bulgaria holds through the Bulgarian Energy Holding 20% of the company that is constructing the Alexandropolis FSRU, which is going to open up a new gate for the exportation of regasified LNG, to the entire Southeastern European countries via Greece through the IGB pipeline and through the interconnecting pipeline, which in Greece and North Macedonia is going to be finished along with the FSRU in Alexandropolis within 2024 and be commissioned most probably within the next year. The Alexandrupolis investment is also of particular importance for the relationship because Bulgaria, as I've mentioned before, holds about 20% of the shares of the joint venture that is currently developing and has also booked about 0.5 billion cubic meters, if I'm not mistaken, of gas in a firm capacity function, which means that it's available to it on a long-term basis in the uh, Alexandropolis FSRU.
0: So, Dr. Tsakiris, where does this leave Bulgaria when it comes to its energy security?
1: Bulgaria is obliged to essentially uh, move away from Russian gas as quickly as possible since It doesn't receive any as of March 2022. It has no direct commercial relationship with Gazprom, even though it had a long-term contract that would have expired before Gazprom unilaterally cancelled it by the end of 2022. Currently, all of its imports are covered through Greece, either through the IGB pipeline or through the swapping of Bulgarian LNG. In Revithusa, with Russian gas that goes in, that is bought by Greek shippers, uh, Mithilineos and DEPA Commercial, the Greek public gas company, which are buying Russian gas, uh, bringing it through the pipelines through Bulgaria and living in Bulgaria in exchange, getting a Bulgarian LNG that comes to the Revithusa facility near Elefcina, Athens, and is regasified and uh, distributed. Then it's channeled through the natural gas transmission system network of VESFA. So I think that this is the situation right now. I'd also like to add that there is an expanding relationship in terms of new partnerships with Romania and Serbia. Bulgaria is building a new interconnector, the interconnector gas pipeline with Serbia, which would also benefit from diversified imports of non-Russian gas that would enter via Greece or via Turkey It has already has this important interconnection with uh, Romania that has been in operation for for a few years now and is also thinking about building two very important projects. One joint hydroelectricity plant along the Danube, which will be built along with Romania, and another one, which is a big project regarding the 5th and 6th reactor of the Kozlodui nuclear power plant or the construction of a new power plant in Belene. This used to be primarily a, a Russian project, but now... It's more likely that Bulgaria, if it it decides to go for an additional nuclear generation capacity, as did recently, for example, Slovenia or Poland or other countries in Eastern Europe, that might actually be a, a modular nuclear reactor like the ones that are currently being commercialized to a significant degree by American companies such as Westinghouse. So this is where we're at in terms of Bulgaria's energy security positioning in the region, and in the greater frame of things in in Southeast Europe.
0: You brought up this nuclear project. Would that benefit Greece as well and other neighboring countries?
1: There were thoughts about a potential agreement on a power purchasing agreement for a long-term importation of of nuclear energy produced in Bulgaria to Greece so that this long-term contract would operate as a guarantee for Bulgaria to try to finance the construction of its nuclear power plant, this has not progressed at all. Uh, it was quite interesting. There was a lot of news uh, statements to that effect about a year ago, but that is a very difficult decision from an investment point of view to take in both countries. Uh, but it's something that if it's constructed, it could operate also in this direction, um, as well as in other, not only, I mean, in the direction of exports to Greece, but also in the greater Positioning of Bulgaria in, as a centre of an emerging uh, electricity market. One of the important developments in this regard, from an electricity market point of view, is the coupling of the markets of electricity between Bulgaria, Italy, and Greece which was finalised last year. That is also uh, controlled through a regional security centre, regional energy security centre, as it's called, for the transmission system operators of the region. That is based in Thessaloniki. And is partially owned by the TSOs of Greece, Bulgaria, and Italy. So that's also important to take a note of.
0: Dr. Takheides, Bulgaria recently announced a deal with Turkey for access to Turkish regasification terminals. The move came as a surprise to some and raised some eyebrows in Athens. Where does this deal with Turkey fit in?
1: Well, from a Bulgarian point of view, this deal makes sense in the sense that, from the point of view, that they want to diversify their import sources. They cannot find firm capacity in Greece as long as they require it for, which is 13 years in the case of Turkey, because if I'm not mistaken, the maximum available long-term firm commitment is for five years in Revithusa, not 10 or 13 years that Bulgaria wanted. So it makes sense from a strategic point of view to hedge, divide, right down the middle if possible, the different sources of imports. For gas in the case of Bulgaria. So Bulgaria already has a firm capacity in IGB for 1 BCM. It has a firm capacity in Alexandrupolis FSRU for 0.5 BCM and it has now 1.5 billion cubic meters firm capacity in Turkish LNG and networks. It doesn't mean that there could be additional volumes of firm capacity that Bulgaria could get by increasing its ability to have an advanced reservation capacity agreement in Alexandrupolis or to commit to additional volumes from Revithusa, especially if Revithusa is further expanded, and if the Vespa carries on the doubling of its existing network of pipelines, both on the south-north axis as well as the west-east axis, centred around the Nea Mesimvria nexus, which is the point where the Greek national system meets stop and where would be the beginning point for the interconnector to North Macedonia. So the one does not necessarily exclude the other, from a Bulgarian point of view, it would make sense. Now, what is more interesting in this regard is not the volumes that would go to Bulgaria's market and would be consumed internally per se, but what would that mean in terms of larger volumes that may go through Bulgaria further to the north. And further to the north means to Romania, but more importantly, to Moldova and Ukraine through the reverse engineering of the second pipeline of the trans pipeline system which is the old Soviet-made pipeline system that used to export uh, Russian gas via Ukraine, Moldova, Romania, and Bulgaria to Greece and Turkey. One of these lines is about a 10 BCM line, billion cubic meters per year capacity. It could relatively cheaply be reversed in terms of its flow by reversing the compressors and maybe modernizing the infrastructure in order to be able to move gas uh, in a south-north direction. There, there are different options on how to feel that pipeline one of those options could be LNG terminals in Turkey or the Turkish system. Another option, of course, would be the Greek natural gas system and the Greek energy infrastructures, which are already been operating or would be in operation in northern Greece, especially if there is additional LNG infrastructure built in northern Greece, either in Thessaloniki or Volos or Alexandroupolis that would be able to fill this pipeline, which in turn would require a second IGB pipeline to get at least half of that capacity to TBL so as to be exported to Ukraine. There has been commercial tests to that effect. It has been proven that you can have both a swap, both a virtual as well as a physical exportation of gas from the Greek system, which will make it much easier to do it from Alexandropolis all the way to Ukraine, but the volumes, of course, would be limited. And the most important thing we need to remember when we try to analyze or forecast this kind of agreements is who is going to buy, who is going to offer security of demand on a long-term basis so that this could actually work. That market is only one market, and that's Ukraine. But we are several years off before we can have a serious discussion with a major off-taker in Ukraine and in that region, given the fact that Serbia, which is another Significant consumer and Hungary are committed to buy Russian gas well beyond 2027 in the case of Hungary and to well into the 2030s, 2040s in the case of Serbia. So it's difficult to see where the additional market is going to be. And that, of course, would depend on whether it's going to be significant additional gas demand in the region of Central and Southeastern Europe once Russian gas starts to disappear from these markets by the end of this decade or early the next decade depending on what kind of long-term contracts exist with different off-takers that were signed by Gazprom and these commercial entities back to even 10 years ago or even 15 years ago because these are very long-term contracts which are going to be in effect a lot of them until the end of this decade and in some cases well into 2035 so you cannot break a long-term contract engagement without having a long-term contract alternative. And that's a big discussion with regards to whether such agreements would be viable, would be feasible, depending on the pace of decarbonization of these specific economies and whether you're going to, to see additional uh, nuclear power capacity developed in these countries.
0: So looking ahead then, you know, what steps should Greece take, together with its Balkan neighbors, to help the region cut its reliance further from Russian energy, whether natural gas or oil? You know, Are there any projects that you see as critical?
1: Well, in terms of electricity, we've already been doing it. And uh, depending on additional investments in the North Macedonia, as well as in Albania, you will see additional electricity interconnections being built with all these neighboring countries to the north of Greece by the end of this decade. In terms of natural gas, by 2024, end of 2024, we're going to have uh, full commercialization of Alexandroupolis FSRU FSRU, uh, the full capacity of IGB up to 5 PCM and the operation of the interconnection between North Macedonia and Greece. And by that time, it would be clear to decide whether it's going to be at least one of the three additional FSRUs in terms of natural gas gasification capacity, that are currently being planned in northern Greece. I'm referring to the Volos, to Thessaloniki, and to a second FSRU in Alexandrupolis itself. I don't think that all three of them are going to be built, but one more may be actually built, and that would depend on what is the demand to the north of the Greek borders. One interesting recent development that has reappeared as a reverse reincarnation of the old Burgas-Alexandrupolis project that wanted to export uh, Russian oil in bypassing the Bosporus Straits from Bulgaria to Greece and through the Aegean international market, this project has been dead and buried for several years now, almost a decade. But a very interesting idea has recently reappeared over the last three months, which is trying to reverse engineering in the sense that it's now trying to have a proposal to build a pipeline that would connect Alexandropolis with the port city of Burgas in Bulgaria, not in order to export Russian oil, obviously, but to do the exact opposite, which is to terminate Bulgaria's oil import dependence on Russia and on the Neftokhin refinery of Bulgaria, so as to allow it to operate with non-Russian crude that would be supplied to it through Greece. That is a much less ambitious project regarding volumes. The old Burgas Alexandrupolis project, that was supposed to run on Russian oil had a capacity of anywhere between 35 and 50 million tons per year. And this project is significantly smaller because it targets Bulgaria and many parts of Romanian needs. But it is an important addition to Bulgarian energy security, maybe even to Romanian energy security to a much lesser extent, of course. That agreement would keep the Neftahim refinery well supplied with non-Russian oil, thereby not prolonging Bulgarian dependence on Russian crude. And it would also partially decongest the Bosporus Straits by making it in more environmentally safe for the passage of tanker traffic and other hazardous cargo through this very ultra-congested choke point of international maritime trade, which is the Bosporus Straits and the Sea of Marmara. So I think this is a very interesting new parameter, an oil parameter, which has become necessary since Bulgaria has an exemption to the EU agreement to impose a boycott on Russia that went into effect on December 5th, 2022. Bulgaria is exempted from that obligation until the end of 2024. I think that this is going to be a good opportunity for both Greece and Bulgaria and from the commercial promoters of the project to try to make their best efforts so as to be able to help Bulgaria get rid of its crude oil dependence on Russia as soon as possible. And that is the best way, the shortest way and the most environmentally sound way to actually do it.
0: Dr. Tsakiris, always great speaking with you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. In other news, Cyprus has frozen about 1.5 billion euros in Russian-linked deposits and assets in accordance with European Union sanctions over the war in Ukraine. Finance Minister Kostadinos Petridis said Thursday in response to a CBS 60 Minutes show. Petridis also said that Russian deposits in Cypriot banks have fallen from a stunning 40 percent of the total before the 2013 financial crisis to 3.8 percent. We don't live in an unsupervised environment, Petridis said, referring to lax banking and financial services supervision that earned Cyprus much criticism in the past. Maitreides added that much had been corrected following three years of strict supervision by the IMF and European creditors as part of a multi-billion euro bailout program following the 2013 crisis. Finally, in the latest installment of incendiary rhetoric from Turkey, Turkish President Erdogan threatened Greece with a quote-unquote crazy Turk attack if it does not wise up. Speaking at a rally on Friday, he said Turkey's typhoon missile has scared Greece and stressed, we are not so concerned about striking Athens as long as you are smart adding that if you try to make a mistake, you know that the crazy Turks will make an attack. But if you stay smart and well-behaved, we have no business with you. Erdogan's incendiary rhetoric followed other strong statements shortly after Friday prayers when he was asked by reporters about the statement by Mitsotakis that the issue of the Greek islands, Crete, and the Libya deal are not open for discussion. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.